Oh, good evening, and a happy holiday season to you. I realize I may not be the voice you expected to hear, but you actually already know me. Stop me if you've heard this one. The views expressed by the hosts are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the Huntsville-Madison County Library System. Yes, it's me, Gant, faithful voice for hire and most stroked ego here at Two Librarians Walking to a Shelf. But you can just call me FDR because I'm coming at you from the fireside tonight. And I'm here to bring you a very special episode of TL Dubs IAS. Now, as a proud employee of a library, I love me some good stories. And there is perhaps no better time of year for stories than the holidays. Stories of old Saint Nick and his elves making toys for all the good girls and boys of the world. Stories of flying reindeer and living snowmen. Stories of an eight-year-old boy outwitting two hardened criminals. And stories of a green recluse attempting the greatest heist of all time. The holidays are loaded with wonderful, whimsical tales to help fill us all with joy and goodwill. But unfortunately, most of these stories are singularly directed at children. Now, of course, children love to be excited for the holidays. But let me tell you something, Jack. Adults are in pretty dire need of some good old-fashioned Christmas spirit, too. Between all the shopping, the traveling, the blatant commercialism, and the toasty heat of a world on fire, today's grown-ups need a good recharge of the old spirit batteries. So tonight, two librarians walk into a shelf would like to tell a story to all the adults out there who have been left exhausted by this holiday season. So take a seat and grab a cup of your favorite hot beverage. Personally, I prefer something I invented called the Bowling Alley Latte, which is nacho cheese poured into a mug. And get ready for the greatest Christmas story ever told. Oh, oh, did you think that... (laughs) No, 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 no. We need someone a little bit more qualified for that. And with that in mind, and speaking of heists, I'm proud to introduce tonight's reader. You may recognize him from his work in such films as Robin Hood and the Harry Potter series. Please give a warm welcome... To friend of the show, the ghost of Mr. Alan Rickman. Mr. Rickman. Thank you for the introduction, Gant. I see the hosts of this show have quite a difficult time letting the dead stay dead. Paul Linda tried to warn me, but regretfully I did not take heed. Still, I enjoy my work, and I am here to revisit one of the proudest moments of my career. Tonight, I have for you a die-hard Christmas. So please, make yourselves comfortable. And when I count to three, we will begin. There will not be a four. One, two, three. Twas the night before Christmas, and up in the tower, everyone was partying except one wallflower. John McLean missed his wife. Things just weren't the same, since Holly had moved west and changed her last name. He tried to win her back, but still she said no, while unbeknownst to them, there was trouble below. A truck had pulled up, and who should disembark but fourteen men whose intentions were dark. They spoke not a word and unloaded big crates. They cut the phone lines and locked all the gates. Cars swept the ground floor, shooting every guard dead, while visions of barabons danced in his head. John took off his shoes, making fists with his toes. It actually worked. Well, what do you know? When out in the lobby there arose such a clatter, he sprung to the door to see what was the matter. 
when what to his wondering eyes should appear. Holy crap, there are terrorists in here? John hid under a table where no one could see and watched Hans question Mr. Tagagi. I'm going to count to three. There will not be a four. Give me the codes to open the vault door. That's me. I don't know the codes, so go ahead and shoot. Okay, said Hans Gruber, and ruined Tagaki's suit. John tried to call the cops by pulling an alarm, but instead called the bad guys who tried to cause him harm. But John killed Tony, who had very small feet, and sent him to the terrorists as a yuletide treat. He put a Santa hat on the German, and eyes all aglow, wrote, Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Carl was furious. Tony was his brother. He chased John across the roof, and they shot at each other. John was able to escape through the ventilation shafts. Come out to the coast, he sighed. We'll have a few laughs. At Nakatomi Tower, Sergeant Powell appeared. He checked the whole lobby and saw nothing weird. He was pulling away but didn't get far before Marco landed on the hood of his car. Powell drove away backwards, screaming in fright. Welcome to the party, pal, John yelled with delight. More police arrived, the FBI and a SWAT team, but Hans didn't mind. It was all part of his scheme. More rapid than eagles, his henchmen, they came, and he radioed and shouted and called them by name. Now Eddie, now James, now Franco, now Uli. On Fritz and on Carl, hair long and unruly. They shot the SWAT tank with a surface-to-air missile and knocked it away like the down of a thistle. Now John McLean was angry indeed. He blew up two terrorists and called them jerkweed. Ellis told Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight. Hans shot him dead, giving the hostages a fright. Hans went to go check on the explosive's fuse and saw that poor John wasn't wearing any shoes. John fled from Carl and Hans, but alas, he had to run barefoot over sharp, broken glass. His feet, how they hurt, his soles oh so bloody. John crawled to the bathroom and called his good buddy. John was weary and ready to throw in the towel, until he got a pep talk from Sergeant Al Powell. Powell was chubby and plump, a right jolly old cop and he trusted the cowboy in the tattered tank top. But a reporter was probing into McLean's life and revealed that Holly was actually John's wife. Hans quickly flipped over the gold picture frame. It's a pleasure to meet you, Mrs. McLean. His clothes all tarnished with ashes and soot, John staggered to the roof, bloody and barefoot. The explosives were wired to the rooftop with care, in hopes that the hostages soon would be there. John warned everyone the roof would soon blow, as the choppers strafed him with high-powered ammo. Around his waist he tied a fire hose tight, and screaming an oath jumped into the night. He dangled in the air and gritted his teeth, while flames encircled the tower like a wreath. 
Fiercely fighting his way back inside, John yelled out, Hans! He was done trying to hide. He limped to the vault like an old man on crutches, only to find Holly in his filthy clutches. John dropped his gun, put his hands on his head. It seemed he and Holly soon would be dead. But with a secret gun taped to his back, John shot Hans in a surprise attack. Hans fell out the window, still holding Holly's arm, and slowly, deliberately raised his firearm. The tenacious villain held on by his nails, till John unhooked Holly's watch and said, Happy trails. Bearer bonds fluttered like fresh-fallen snow as Holly embraced her blood-spattered bow. So Merry Christmas to all, be kind to one another, and most of all, yippee-ki-yay, mother- Terrific. Terrific. Absolutely astounding. Let's give it up one more time for the ghost of Mr. Alan Rickman. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight, and a very Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Rickman. Likewise. Thank you to Doogie Horner, author of A Die Hard Christmas, for permission to share his writing. Doogie is a comedian and children's book author and illustrator. You can find more books by Doogie in our collections in branch and online. And you can find out more about Doogie's work at DoogieHorner.com. And remember, no matter what they say, don't don't trust trust robots. robots. The views expressed by the guest host are his own and do not necessarily reflect those of the Huntsville-Madison County Library System. For more information on the Huntsville-Madison County Public Library, visit us online at hmcpl.org. If you'd like to learn more about some of the topics discussed today, visit your local library, which is us. No representation is made that your librarian is more knowledgeable than other librarians or that they have any expertise on your particular project. All right, let's. We're gonna get this first time. Oh, why did I say that? I just cursed us.